We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You are listening to The Uncontested, an Oklahoma City Thunder and NBA podcast featuring Jacob. All you haters come at me. Taylor. You're a step past a hater like I'm Rondo. Upgrade your baby mama to a condo. Nick. I really wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Swaggy Pete. Kamiar. I just got done taking a nap. And Justin. I'm too fast. What's up, everybody? It is Saturday afternoon. It's just Taylor and I here today. Taylor, how are you doing? Doing good. Uh, it's a little rainy out, kind of gross. So you know, we might as well do a podcast, right? Yeah, it's it's been pouring here in OKC like all day. It's yep. uh, same. But it's nice and cool Tulsa. outside, so I like it. True. Um, hey, thank you guys for tuning in today. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Make sure you go and subscribe. Also, leave us a five star rating while you're at it. That would mean a lot to us. Really help us out with what we're trying to do over this summer securing sponsorships and whatnot so we can bring you high-quality podcasts all the time. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. Sometimes we tweet out some good stuff. Sometimes we tweet out some awful stuff. But, you know, <laughs> that's Twitter. That's what it's for, right? We'll be gearing up here pretty soon with the draft coming up. and Yeah, we're, almost, we're basically uh, um, uh, exactly one month out. We're one month and two days out from the draft. And uh, Perry Jones going to be coming to OKC for the big three. Yeah, July twenty first, I think. So it might be kind of cool. We might jump on there a little bit and just, like live tweet some of his games uh, oh, with yeah. the big three or oh, something yeah. like that. So we'll be active. We'll be more active moving forward. Definitely have to go see PJ play. So yeah, the NBA season never stops, man. We're we're in the conference finals right now. Then we get the finals. Draft is on June twentieth. 
Free agency opens July 1st. Actually, free agency opens June 30th at 6 p.m. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so do I. So we don't have to stay up till start at midnight, stay up till three to get all the the free agency news. Um, we, we have, you know, we have it starting at six o'clock this year, which I really like. So nice. And then I think three or four days after that, we get the start of summer league. Um, and then after summer league is, is when we hit the slow season. Yeah. The the drought before training camp. Yep. Yep. So, so be excited about. Well, talking about the the draft, let's just go ahead and jump right into that. This past week on Tuesday, I think Tuesday, we had the NBA draft lottery. 14 non-playoff teams go to Chicago. I think that the lottery was in Chicago as well as the combine. Um, Lottery format changed this year. The top three teams all had equal odds to get the number one overall pick. And... None of the top three teams with the best odds got the number one overall pick. Just uh, awesome. Yeah. So, so Taylor, what do you think about the the lottery this year? I was shocked. Um, I when I saw the four teams come up, the final four teams, and before they like said the order, uh, we had the Lakers, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, and the Knicks. And I was just, and it was really fun because you still had the possibility of the Knicks getting the number one pick, which was. A lot of people were almost projecting. I don't want to say projecting, but um, wouldn't it be a huge shock if they got it? But the other three were just like, you know, crazy. So we had the whole excitement and anticipation of the Pelicans potentially getting that pick. Um, the Grizzlies would be kind of cool just because, you know, the whole Conley and, and Gasol stuff they uh, dealt with this this regular season. And then the Lakers are just like, that's the one that everybody didn't want to happen, right? It's kind of like the... Oh yeah, the uh, the big antagonist or whatever. So it was God, really cool to kind of have all those play out, right? Awful. Yeah. So it made the anticipation for it so fun. Yeah. And then when the the Pelicans got it, I just thought that was the greatest thing. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> I, man. I really like that. It was yeah. perfect. You know, yep. for and and it feels like the Pelicans deserve it. You know, after right. the the way that they handled all the Anthony Davis trade demands, um, especially Alvin Gentry, it just it felt much deserved. So it was it was really cool. His reaction was awesome. Did you yeah. see that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was so cool. So it, it's a foregone conclusion now. Zion Williamson to New Orleans. Uh, according to Shams Charnia of The Athletic, Anthony Davis still wants out. He hasn't changed positions on his trade demand. So now New Orleans has a has this unique position where before the draft lottery, everyone thought whoever gets the number one overall pick has the best odds to trade for Anthony Davis, you know, because New Orleans is going to want that that number one pick to get Zion. Well, now plot twist. Yeah, now they already Game have Zion. So, <laughs> so where do they go from here? And and that becomes, right. I don't know. To me, that becomes really exciting. Like, you know, do they still look at doing a Los Angeles Lakers deal and getting uh, Lakers have the? Do Lakers have four. three or four? Okay, so Lakers have. Do do you see if the Lakers want to do? Four plus Zoe plus Kuz plus Ingram. Uh, do you try to make a deal with the with the Knicks um, and get pick three plus uh, like Kevin Robinson. Knox and Mitchell Robinson yep. and those kind of guys? Um, when they when New Orleans does trade Anthony Davis, does a Drew Holiday trade follow? Or are they going to ro- ride that out? 
Um, there's been some there's some rumors. So Stephen A. Smith came out with the rumor, and you know Stephen A. Smith. So take it with a grain of salt. But stay he off very the weed. Oh my gosh, he went on some tangents with when that next thing went down. That was hilarious. You guys have to look that up if you have it on Twitter. But um, he he quoted that. Drew Holiday does want out of New Orleans and that he's not very happy and would also prefer to be traded. But then another report came out that disputed that, and apparently Drew's fine. Um, there's also were the reports, and this wasn't from Stephen A. These were from uh, – who was it? Not Chris Haynes. Um, I don't know. Somebody from Yahoo, I think. But anyways, they reported that, uh, that Zion got like quickly escorted out of the – the room after the uh after the, lottery, the lottery that he wasn't excited about going to new orleans he was really wanting to go to new york and, and then, now all the this bs right. is spewing of like oh he's gonna go back to college let yeah. me tell you Can what's go not new- going to happen zion going back to college that man's gonna make his money he's yeah. gonna make it in new orleans and he'll be just fine and he's Dude, fine with his him. shoe deal alone is gonna pay him probably double his his rookie contract that's so you crazy <laughs> like there's there is no way there is no way he goes back to college. That's that's so much bullcrap. Um, I'll tell you what else I'm excited about with the lottery is that Memphis got number two. Yes, exactly. And, and that's so, so interesting. And apparently, they are. There's reports that they are set on Ja Morant at two. Yeah, and that makes total sense. You know, you're right. going to have JJJ plus Ja, and and that's kind of kind of going to be what they build around moving forward. We know, obviously, they traded Mark Gasol at the trade deadline. They were in conversations with multiple teams on a Mike Conley trade at the deadline. Uh, none of that came to fruition. I think with Memphis getting the number two overall pick and it kind of being a foregone conclusion that John Morant is going to go to Memphis at number two, that Mike Conley is out this summer. They're, they're, and, and the summer is an easier time to trade somebody because you don't have a deadline weighing you down. Um, you know that, And there's like not more pressure to get a deal done, but... Um, I feel like it kind of speeds up the process, particularly when you get to draft night, um, because if there is something involving a pick or a player that a team picks, you know that that that's kind of when you see a lot of these blockbuster deals go down. Like for example, obviously as a Thunder fan, one of the first ones that come to mind for me is the Victor Oladipo trade here a couple years back. Yeah, um, I feel like the draft kind of speeds up that process a little bit, puts a little more pressure to get a deal done. So yeah, and and so Mike Conley is is for sure out the door. Like I don't see, I don't see any scenario in which they they keep a hold of Mike Conley. I agree, and there's you know, there's been some like uh, what's his name on the NBA show with Kevin O'Connor, uh, Verno, um, Chris Vernon. He's talked about you know that, that they're still trying to weigh the options of keeping Conley, kind of letting Morant play off the ball a little bit, learn from Conley, and then trade him further down the line, like, you know, maybe come deadline or something. But I don't see that happening. Yeah, um, I'm with I. you. I think if they take him, you might as well, just, you know, start young. Uh, you have, like you said, you have Triple J, and then you have Jaw, and you just let them grow together. I think there's a lot to be excited about there. and I, I don't see why you would just keep Conley around for that. But I also saw a report here that the Jazz are going to make another push for Conley here uh this summer and I, I i've heard like the heat could potentially be interested um there's some speculation no reports but just speculation that the the suns would be trying to get after um conley and just to get a point guard in there so there's uh gonna be a lot of a lot of options for sure for for memphis definitely i i think one of the underrated ones that doesn't get talked about a lot is if it's it's become pretty clear this past week that terry rogier does not want to go back to boston 
Yep. And, yeah. and if Kyrie leaves, um, Mike Conley might make a little bit of sense in, in Boston too. You know, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought of that. So yeah. If you, the, Kyrie the, goes to New York and yeah. then or wherever and, uh, and then Terry decides he wants to leave also, or he gets traded before Kyrie leaves or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's a big gaping hole that Boston will have to try and fill. Yeah. It's an interesting one. Um, I don't know how I feel about Conley to Utah because I feel like for Utah to really unlock themselves moving forward, you I, I almost feel like you have to give Donovan Mitchell the ball and, and essentially just let him play the one from here on out. You you don't want a you can get like a secondary playmaker with him, but I, I don't think you want somebody that has to have the ball in their hands all the time to I be agree. effective like a Ricky Rubio. I think if you want to unlock that Utah Jazz team, I think Donovan Mitchell playing point guard full time is is the next step there. I agree, or even just letting him play. I mean, you could start him at shooting guard, but like you said, if you have a point guard or another hybrid player like that playing alongside him at the one or two, um, somebody who's not a ball dominant guy um, who can you know shoot off or play off the ball, can shoot from outside can space the floor and then, you know, he's maybe a, another good passer. Yeah. I'm trying to think who would be a free agent this year that kind of fit that mold for them. Yeah. I'm not really sure, but but tough. to me, I, I feel like Donovan Mitchell needs a backcourt more akin to that of like Lillard McCollum where they can both handle the ball. They can both pass. They can both initiate offense um, yep. where he can share the load because I, I, I just, I think that's the next evolution for Donovan Mitchell. I agree. But yeah, that uh, that number two pick makes things very interesting for a lot of different teams. We yeah, even, definitely. We didn't talk about Utah, and then three with the Knicks. I I don't know. I mean, I I've heard mixed emotions on that. There's a lot of fans who were very upset because obviously they had their hopes on Zion. Then there were other fans who were like, "Yeah, it sucks, but we need to be thankful for what we have because look at the Bulls and the Hawks and um, who else? Um, the Suns. You know, like they aren't even in the top four. So I'm curious to see what they do with that. I, I've heard them looking at Barrett, maybe to pair with like KD and potentially Kyrie or Kimba or whoever goes there. Um, maybe Culver, somebody like that. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do with that pick. If they trade it, I don't know. It's it's fascinating. So let's shift. Let's keep this draft talk going, but let's shift a little bit to um, a little bit more about the Thunder and and the Combine. Um, so, so the lottery was fun. Obviously, the lottery doesn't affect the Thunder that much, uh, but the combine kind of does. You know, and, you know what though? I don't know if we mentioned this on any of our previous pods. If we did, um, oh well. But the Thunder actually had some good luck, even if they didn't have to go through the lottery. Um, they it was early. I think they do it like a month before the lottery. But it was like whenever two teams they have to do like a coin flip or something. Oh yeah, to, yeah, yeah. And it was like between them and Boston for that twenty first or twenty second pick. Yep, and we and won they the got flip. Twenty first. Yeah, so. we won the flip and got. We had 21st. a little bit of good luck. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so um, let's let's talk about the combine a little bit first before we start jumping into to talking a little bit about the Thunder. And we'll talk a lot of draft between now and June twentieth. Um, but the combine was was interesting. Uh, Zion did not take part. Obviously, uh, most of the guys that took part in the combine were players that some some players that could go in the lottery, uh, but mainly like mid to late first round guys. Uh, 
anything anything jump out to you at the combine that you found interesting? Um, and anyone intrigue you? Because I, I have some thoughts, but I want to see what kind of what you're thinking first. I think well, one thing, one trend that stuck out to me as I went through my my timeline this week and, and saw a bunch of things happening is um, players continuing to pull out of the combine or refuse to go to the combine altogether. There's much less emphasis. I feel like on it for especially for some of these bigger picks like the Zions, of course, but even other guys like there were some kids who came out, had a good first day, some had a good second day and they pulled out after that because they were either a promised by a team apparently or B felt good about their stock, felt good about their performance. And yeah, so why come back day two? uh, If you play good on day one, why come back day two? you know? Right, but then there. But I think it's really beneficial because we saw some guys like uh, Taco, you know, from a, it's a Taco Fall or yeah from UCF. I think it's pronounced Taco. I don't know Taco, <laughs> and um, and apparently he had a his measurements block, are insane. Uh, yeah, dude, right. a, he's. I think they said standing reach, uh, just straight up, ten feet two inches. So wow. all he has to do is stand Crazy. there, and his hands are two inches above the rim. Insane. But there's a lot of people who just felt like he was almost, I don't want to say Boban, but almost kind of similar to Boban in that he's just a really big body. Um, he'll be fairly successful because of that. But what else does he have to contribute? And apparently, uh, I've been following Jonathan Gavoni of yeah. Draft Express, and he has some great stuff. Uh, the, dra- really the, the Draft Express guys are so, so, so good. Yep. They're incredibly impressive. And uh, he was he was talking very high on him and said that he had a, a really good week. Then it was just... I'm trying to almost seems like like from, uh, he played his way into being drafted. Probably second round, but right, he played his way into being drafted. Um, one guy that I think came into the combine and and really hurt his stock was Bull Bull. Uh, okay, they, they, they yeah, I haven't a lot. seen much they, about Bull Bull. They so talked a lot about Bull Bull. His measurements are impressive uh, as far as wingspan, standing reach, etc. But they said he he dropped from like. 235 to a 208. So right now he's like seven foot two, 208 pounds, uh, which is like really, really thin because he hasn't been playing. He hasn't been lifting, et cetera. Um, it, it seems like if there's one guy at the combine who saw his, his stock really take a hit, it was bull bull. That's uh, interesting. So, so not good for I've, him. I've seen some iffy stuff about Kevin Porter jr. As well. Kind of like what the, uh, kind of going into, the draft process and him leaving USC this season, what people were saying about him is he just has this incredible untapped potential to the point that he could potentially be a, an all-star, but just can't quite put it all together. Like for example, his jump shot, I saw a video of him today, just his release is all funky. He has a really low release. He, he's just having trouble really putting it all together is the way Kevin O'Connor puts it. And I think that's a great description of him. Another guy whose stock just, I don't know if it's falling, but it certainly isn't, rising like people thought if he comes out and has a really good uh combine you know you could see him in the top 15 and we might still just because of his potential but he certainly hasn't helped himself this week yeah. um, another project though another guy that was kind of like that from North, North Carolina was Nasir Little was a huge prospect coming out of high school um I mean almost up there with Zion I believe yeah and he kind of struggled this season but he, he apparently has had a great combine um Jonathan Gavoni just has reported, he reported this yesterday that he's been having incredible interviews and he's getting comparisons to like Jalen Brown. Um, so that's somebody I think that's, that this week huh. talked a lot as well. That's Kinda, not, not a bad guy to be compared to. 
Right. You know what's funny is um, just to use a nerdy Game of Thrones reference since we're coming up on the season finale or the series finale, excuse me, tomorrow, which yeah. I'm getting super emotional about. No but more Thrones forever until yeah. we get one of the 15 spinoffs. Which is crazy. Um, but one quote, and this isn't a spoiler, but one quote that Varys told John last week was that every time a Targaryen is born, the gods flip a coin and hold their breath and the people hold their breath. Like, is he, that Targaryen going to be crazy or is it going to be good? And I feel like that's kind of similar to a lot of these prospects. Um, it seems like this week, Nasir Little's coin flipped uh, on the, the good side, the head side, while maybe guys like Bull Bull were on tails. Yep. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Um, oh, I'm, I need a... So I, I don't know if you know this, but you can get on NBA.com slash stats, and they have uh, all the stats for the, the draft combine. Um, which I is, didn't know that. Which is pretty interesting. So I'm trying to find Nasir Very. Little on here. Um, let's just control. This is great podcasting. Let's just control F and look up Nasir <laughs> Little. That's there we cool. go. I didn't know you could do that. Um, six six with shoes. Oh, a seven one wingspan. It's really good. Crazy. Eight foot eight standing reach. Yeah, he uh, he's pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, I know he he really helped himself out a lot. Um, this week. Uh, one guy that kind of just blows my mind is this, is, is it pronounced Talon or Talon Horton Tucker out of Iowa State? I know you're State. talking about, but I have no idea how to he's, it, yes. he's been compared I, to guys like um, like P.J. Tucker, like Draymond Green. Uh, you like, know what I keep up? I'm like the Thunder of... Zone, Deontay Burton. Right. Yes. Uh, six That's foot four in shoes with a nearly seven foot two wingspan. Wow. It's insane. That's crazy. And he's 235 pounds. Oh, yes. Give us Deontay 2.0. He's built like a freaking truck, dude. Give me um, a team of Deontay Burtons. <laughs> so I, I've mentioned this guy on Twitter a handful of times. Uh, he's somebody that I really like for the Thunder if he's available. Most mocks have him going um, mid to late teens, so not available in the Thunder's range. But as Virginia Tech's Nikhail Alexander-Walker, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander's cousin. Uh, he measured in six five and a half in shoes, six nine and a half wings uh, wingspan, two hundred three pounds. He just seems to fit good for the Thunder because he can shoot the ball well. Um, he's not an over the top athlete, but he's he seems like he's good enough. He can be a secondary ball handler. He can pass good. He can play some decent defense. He can get to the rim. Um, he made a big jump from year one to year two with Virginia Tech. He just seems like a like a guy that I'm, I'm super fascinated in as like a as like a combo guard off the bench. One hundred percent. I think me and you, uh, we've talked. You know, all of us have talked in our Slack, and me and you're very high on him. I'm looking at his, or I've been looking at the NBA drafts mock draft thing that the the Ringer has done. Kevin O'Connor, he has some really good insight on a lot of these players, and he's kind of uh, compared him to his cousin, obviously Shea Gilgeous SGA. We'll call him SGA. SGA. There you um, go. Malcolm Brogdon, which is interesting. He's been tearing it up recently, uh, yeah. coming back from his injury and, and been a huge boost for the Bucks in the playoffs. Tyler Johnson is kind of an interesting one. I'm not a huge Johnson fan, but from what I watched of this kid, he's super impressive. He's ambidextrous, so he has, he's just a great ball handler, uh, is really strong with the ball. He's a really good spot-up shooter. And what a lot of people keep pointing out, Kevin points this out. I've seen this pointed out by a bunch of different scouts, and I also noticed it when I was watching highlights but his passing is just supposed to be phenomenal, kind of like SGA in a, in a sense. And something that intrigues me a lot is, one, you know, we, we've talked in the past about 
Russell Westbrook potentially playing more too. And if you have a guy like that who's not shot dominant, but is a great passer, can kind of take control of the one, you could play Russ a little more off ball. That could be a really good lineup or a really good point guard to pair with Russ potentially. Yeah. And another thing is you have him, you could bring him in off the bench, you could be your backup point guard, then that would allow you to trade Schroeder um, for some sort of big ass or bigger asset. Yeah, definitely. So, so Nikhail Alexander Walker from his freshman to a sophomore year at Virginia tech, his assists went from 1.5 to 4.0. Uh, his scoring went from 10.7 to 16.2. Uh, his three point shooting dipped just a bit. Um, but he's a career at Virginia tech over his two years, a 38% three point shooter on four and a half attempts a game. Um, he's a, he, he shoots a high percentage from the floor itself, just career 47%. Um, they don't have his effective so, field goal percentage here. Free throws, he's a 76% free throw shooter. Um, he's just He just seems like a kind of all-around, like, good combo guard. And, apparently and I, he can and, shoot the ball really well off the dribble, or not off the dribble, excuse me, um, off ball, um, off passes. But apparently he's ineffective. Uh, off the dribble because he has kind of a weird wind up with his his shot yeah which I find interesting but I mean kind of sounds like the perfect guy to pair next to a guy like Russ you know yeah let him come yeah. off ball and, and shoot the three and uh, spot up so he's he's very interesting very intriguing definitely so let's um let's shift to a guy that I'm sure a lot of Thunder fans have heard his name around Twitter a lot recently um, and that is a guy that was not at the draft combine. I got an invite and he and his his agent decided to not go to Chicago, uh, and that guy would be Washington University's Matisse Thibel. So Thibel decided not to go to the to the combine, even though he got an invitation, um, leading a lot of people to think that he may have already uh, got a promise from from a first round team, and then. Steve Kyler of Basketball Insiders on Twitter the other day was asked a question about Thibault and if he had a draft promise. And, and Kyler, Steve Kyler said that it did seem like he had a promise and a lot of people believed it was to Oklahoma City at pick 21. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Taylor? I find it extremely uh, interesting, but it does not shock me at all. The more I, I did actually get to watch this is one of the guys I did watch a little bit of this season. Not a lot, like I maybe saw two games of his, but he was certainly impressive and he seemed to kind of shine on that Washington team. I know he led the Pac twelve in steals this year and actually broke the Pac twelve steals record previous hold by previously hold or held by Gary Payton. Yeah, that was um, single season steals. He also broke the Pac twelve or maybe the NCAA steals for a career, which was held by Jason Oh, Kidd. Wow. See, I didn't realize that either. Yeah. And then he uh, got defensive Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, which, as we know, Presty loves a good Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. Russell Westbrook, Andre Robertson, Josh yep. Gibson was on the team at one point. Yeah. So uh, he lines right up. And then, you know, I'm just going through all these. Um, he, he's supposed to be just an absolute phenomenal off-ball defender. He's athletic, smart, closes out strong, and he recovers well. He, he's very versatile, can switch and basically guard almost any position. He gets back in transition. I mean, he just sounds like Jeremy Grant, Andre Robertson, Paul George, Terrence Ferguson, yeah. 2.0. So Thibault, six foot five, 195. That was his his measurements. 
during his senior season, you would assume that weight's probably gone up a little bit. Um, I've seen, so he obviously wasn't at the combine, but I've seen unofficial wingspan measurements for him at like seven foot. So he's six foot five with a seven foot wingspan, which is really nice. He's got really long arms. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but I mean his senior year this past season, three and a half steals a game and two and a half blocks a game. That's That's insane. That's insane. Um, that's all, that's all NBA defensive team potential right there. Yeah. Um, Career 36% from three. Uh, that number actually drops pretty bad because his senior year, he shot 30%. Uh, if you look at his junior, sophomore, and freshman year, uh, 36.6, 40.5, and 36.5. So and his, that's sen- like- his senior year was definitely the outlier of his three-point shooting. But one number that I like to look at a lot with shooters is their free, free throw. throw. Because free yep. throw percentage is all based off of form. And um and just your your shot mechanic, right? Uh, so free throw percentage. He's a career seventy eight percent free throw shooter. Uh, but his senior year, he shot eighty five percent from the free throw oh. line uh, on the most attempts of his career. So his wow. it a, 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 a bunch of people on Twitter have talked about. Oh, he's just the next Andre Robertson, a good defender who can't shoot. He's got I thought a, he, that originally until he, I started digging into the yeah, numbers. He's got a stroke. Like his his form is smooth. It, it looks good. He's he's not like an Andre Robertson who just can't shoot the ball. You know? Right. And and, I'm, I'm about to wrap his form because um, something that Kevin O'Connor pointed out that I found really interesting when I was looking into him here a while back was that he needs to speed up his jump shot. He has kind of a little bit of a slow release, and he I guess he flares out his elbows, which leads to some inconsistency in his shooting. But other than that, he has a pretty pure stroke and like you said you can see that in the and that that adds up like when you talk about the free throw line it makes sense that he'd be more consistent there and his his uh shot and his form is more consistent compared to catching the ball um on the wing and firing up three pointers with defenders coming in your face that's going to take some practice but he has the potential yeah, to but, uh, to know that now which is huge but to coach up a shooter to learn to have a quicker release and have their elbow tucked in a little bit more that's something that that you can do compared right. to having Andre Robertson who just can't shoot a basketball, right? right. I think Matisse Thybul can shoot a basketball just fine. I think there's just some fine tweaks and tuning that has to go on there, you know, and right. and that's what the NBA is all about. Now Thybul is a a graduating senior. He's going to be, uh, let's see, it doesn't have his age up here, but I think he's 22 right he's 22. now. 22. Yep. So he's he's one of those guys that you would expect to come in and be ready to contribute immediately. You know um, what's so crazy? Is he's 22. He would be our rookie this season if we drafted him, obviously, mm-hmm. but would be older than our third year player, Terrence Ferguson, by a year. T. Yep. just turned 21 like two days ago. And Diallo, our rookie last year, who just turned 20. Is that right? Uh, I think. Or 19. No, I, I think. I actually think that. Diallo is maybe just a tad older than, oh, than, than Ferguson. Ferguson. Okay, gotcha. See, that's so I, crazy. I, I think. Here, let me look up uh, his, his, his age. Uh, basketball reference that's, page real quick. That's crazy. So, yeah, you're right. That gets, He has a, another year or so um, at the college level that can help him come in and contribute immediately on, on an NBA team compared to some younger guys like Diallo we kind of saw this yeah. season. Diallo will be 21 in three months, two months, oh, okay. three months. So they're basically the same age. Born July 31st. So gotcha. Diallo is just about three months older than two months, two and a half months, somewhere in there, older than, than Ferguson. 
which okay. is which That's is crazy. When you think about that, it's like, God damn! Like Terrence Ferguson is already this good, and he just turned twenty one. Which is yeah, I mean like, that's a whole another conversation that we have this off season. And, that's, and uh, you got you got Ferguson two more years at basically nothing, and then he's a restricted free agent. You got to think the Thunder are going to try to try to get him on a five year deal. So That'd you'll have awesome. you'll have Ferguson <laughs> through twenty eight years old at least. You know, Which he's like reaching his prime at the, or he is in his prime at that point. You know, yeah. so that's super exciting. Way one thing. One thing about Thibel that stood out to me, because this is such a pressy thing. Um, apparently, he, he kind of lacks finishing at the rim, but Kevin O'Connor says that he can improve if he develops athleticism, leaving off one foot. So basically, he has untapped athleticism, which is just the most pressy thing of all time. Yep, of course. <laughs> and he, if there's one GM um, and coaching staff that are able to bring out athleticism and develop it in a player, it's focus, he thunder. 100%. So I think that's something to be super optimistic about. Um, so, so I just wrote an article about the, this proposed draft promise that the Thunder have made to Thibel. Uh, and it's up on Hoops Habit if you guys want to go check it out. But in that, I kind of went back and I looked at the Thunder's previous draft history. And, and a lot of signs point to uh, this maybe being true. Uh, 2011... Uh, Reggie Jackson stopped his private workouts with teams a week before the draft. Uh, a lot of th- a lot of people thought he got a promise um, in the f- in the first round. He then gets taken twenty fourth overall by the Thunder. Right, the the Thunder have a a deal uh, with Josh Hustis that was set up before the draft, where they would take Josh in the first round instead of the second. But Josh would agree to essentially become the the first domestic draft and stash player in the G League. Cameron Payne doesn't do any private workouts in 2015 uh, because he has a promise, and then the Thunder take him with the final lottery pick at 14. There, there's a lot of history of Presti doing his work before draft day, not just choosing who's on the board. He he wants to ensure that he gets the guy he wants, and so. I think a lot of that lends to that you know people maybe wanting to believe this this rumor because we've seen it play out before. Now, I did a little bit of looking up on draft, mock drafts last night, and Thibault is, is projected twenty two, twenty three, or later. So twenty one at the Thunder's a little bit high compared to his current mocks, but you know maybe if the Thunder really like him. He likes the Thunder, and OKC was worried that if he went to the Combine and he got his official wingspan and and his official standing reach and this and that, that he'd start shooting up some draft boards up until like the, the late teens. Maybe it's the best-case scenario for both teams, right? Right. Thibel stays off some teams' radar, but he likes Oklahoma City and has a promise. So um, there might be something there. There might not be anything there. I mean, two years ago, Word was coming out on draft day that Frank Jackson had a promise from Oklahoma City, and obviously that wasn't true. And thank God that wasn't true because yeah, Terrence Ferguson kidding. is so much better than Frank Jackson. Yep. Yeah, that's true. There's always somebody that could rise up draft boards last minute, kind of like Ferguson did, you know? Um, yeah, well, hell, a, a, a few years ago, two years ago in the Ferguson draft, um, 
I remember a month before the NBA draft came around, Donovan Mitchell was being talked about maybe late teens, early 20s, and the Thunder could go for him. And then Mitchell went to the combine, played a little bit, uh, got his vertical, got his wingspan, and shot up to the lottery. You know, that's so true. And so maybe the Thunder were worried about something like that. And, and, you know, so maybe they pick Thibault, maybe they don't. Uh, I just think there's a lot of evidence kind of pointing that those rumors may, may be a little more than just rumors. Absolutely. And I think the more and more I researched him back when we heard some rumors, when it was unofficial, they had promised him, but that he was somebody that the Thunder were looking at at least. Um, and that's kind of what I mean. You kind of started our research. I think, just the things that stuck out to me were just literally Presty Mold, but a lot more promising than um, than Andre Robertson currently. You know, like it, it, he has, like we talked about his shooting potential. Um, he seems almost like Paul George esque, uh, Terrence Ferguson esque uh, from the on the defensive end, and he's older and can come in and maybe contribute a little better than a typical rookie would. Yeah, on a team. He, he's, so I think he's that age where he could come in, and I think, you know, I think. My personal thought is if they were to draft Matisse Thibel, um, as long as he doesn't like shit the bed in summer league and, and preseason, he's, he's your backup three next year, you know, over, over, that's, interesting. Um, that's a good point. Uh, Nader, you know, or, or right. whatever. Right. So, yeah. I can definitely see him getting those Nader minutes and then whatever we do with free agency wise, whether we get a shooting guard or a, another small forward, um, can see them kind of playing together. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to get to, so the ringers, you were talking about this earlier, the ringers NBA mock draft, um, that Kevin O'Connor does. I like that. He includes comps for, yep. for all the players. So I'm trying, cause I vaguely remember his comp for, for Matisse Thibel, but I'm trying to get it to load because I want to look at it. It's and, uh, Danny Green, Gary Harris, and Tony Allen, three very promising optimistic names. Give me yeah. that, man. Like, yeah. Give me that. Yeah. You know, my yeah, God. Give me a Danny Green, Gary Harris hybrid. Sure. Yeah. Sign <laughs> me the hell up. Sounds like a starting caliber player to me. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So, um, so talking about these college players, let's, let's talk about college basketball a little bit. Uh, and specifically Michigan, Michigan coach, head coach gets, he leaves Michigan, gets hired by the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then immediately rumors begin to spread that Billy Donovan, Billy Donovan was looking at Horse Farms. Uh, I mean, um, was spotted at a restaurant in Michigan. <laughs> yes, sp- spotted at a German restaurant in Ann Arbor. Uh, went to a Chili's afterwards. Yeah. No, but that With the realtor whose name is such and such. Yeah. Um, they're looking at this house. Here's the address. Um. <laughs> But no, Bet Online has Billy Donovan as like the second highest uh, uh, bet for the next head coach for Michigan, uh, which has led a lot of Thunder people to start to question: Oh, is is Billy Donovan really going to leave? Um, you know, he's only got one more year in his contract with Oklahoma City. Uh, does he want more years uh, and, and job security in college? And so all of this is kind of flying around. Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on this? Do do you do you lean one way or the other? I I do, and I that it's nothing more than speculation. Um, I know if you guys listen to OKC Dream Team, or I know Downton Dunk kind of went into a little more detail about this. But apparently, the guy who tweeted that out it was more it was a poorly placed, poorly worded joke 
where he didn't like he has no connections to the Thunder. So if it would have been somebody with connection to the Thunder, it would have made a little more sense as the joke. Um, but he was referring to it to the the tweets here. What was it last year or two years ago? The Indiana stuff. Or the that and the Louisville job. Yeah. When the Louisville job was open, and apparently Billy and his wife were going down looking at horse farms or uh, that's horse always or whatever it was. Billy's always right. shopping for a horse farm. <laughs> Loves a good horse farm. Um. So, anyways, I I would tend to say that he is staying with OKC this season. Um. And I I get I think the reason we're seeing like Billy Donovan's name, for example, compared to Brad Stevens, is that Brad was locked into an extension right with the Celtics. Billy, like you said, only has one more year left. There was a little talk. You know, obviously he he's had some disappointments with two early first round exits, and then there was the whole Presty uh, postseason exit interview where we, we he anticipate kind of about, him being back, right? You know, but basically I need to sit down with Billy, see how he's feeling, because I'm not entirely sure. Maybe maybe he'll come up and tell me that he doesn't know if he can do this and wants to go back to college. Yeah. But then you also hear people like Royce Young talk, and he says, "Well, everything that Billy said to us." In private, as well as uh, in interviews, public interviews, seems that he was kind of ready to get out of college. He was a little tired of all the recruiting and all the extra stuff that goes into yeah. the recruiting, and then all the like all the scandals and stuff. You know, people cheating and right. recruiting, and right. you know, which is why the Michigan coach apparently that was one of the big reasons that he left. Exactly, and and here's my thing: is Louisville's been open, um, UCLA's been open, Indiana's been open. Those are all better jobs in Michigan, are they not? That's a great point. And yeah. the only reason, I mean, Michigan's had two really good uh, consecutive seasons, which is why it's kind of that head coaching position has kind of skyrocketed higher than it would have been in the past. But you're exactly right. When it comes to programs, you there's know, other programs you, that you, you would think, have taken. Yeah, you would think Louisville and Indiana and UCLA would have better facilities and, and a better infrastructure in place. For I mean, I don't watch a lot of college basketball, but you know those those three – programs just seem kind of like the blue bloods right like they're 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 a a tier higher than than michigan so i'm not putting any stock into i mean conspiracy theorists are going to want to connect those dots we just talked about one year left on his deal head coaches don't like to to coach in in contract years they want an extension you know so does billy get an offer from Michigan and then use that as leverage against Sam Presti and say, I want an extension or I'm going to leave and take this instead. Like conspiracy theories will want theorists will want to connect those dots. I just, I don't think it's there. I don't think it's I'm there. with you. I'm with you. That's a good, those are good points to at least bring up though, because yeah. if, if that one yeah. of those instances would come to light, um, you know, like, I think Billy would, would, would take another NBA job before he would take the Michigan job. But that's just, I don't know. I could be totally wrong. I mean, I've never talked to Billy Donovan before, so I have no clue. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you for sure. A um, couple other things maybe maybe we touch on. Uh, I, we haven't podcasted since Patrick Patterson opted into the last year of his contract. Uh, scale of 1 to 10, Taylor, how surprised are you? Uh, zero. Yeah, same. <laughs> maybe negative. Same. <laughs> if that's possible. Uh, we all kind of saw the writing on the wall. He was never going to get that type of money Actually, on the open market again. Our last, our last podcast we dropped last week was the free agency pod, right? Correct. Uh-huh. And we all agreed that he was very likely to opt in. Now, where it gets interesting is how or will Presty be able to put Patterson to some sort of trade? Whether yeah. that's just sending him off um, to a team with cap space because he's going to be an expiring next season, or whether that's um, packaging him with, you know, 
let's get crazy here and say Stephen Adams, you know, like yeah, make salary work in a bigger trade or right, or even like Davis. I think he's more tradable in February than he is in July, right? Just because it's it's the deadline, um, it's closer to the end of the year. People wanting people that are have thought they were going to be good that teams thought that thought that thought they were going to be good that don't end up being good and then want to get off money. Um, I can see him being maybe moved at the deadline. I can see him being moved as salary filler for, for a bigger deal. Um, I can see him just staying around, you know, and I, I think moving him into somebody's cap space for nothing in return. I think the thunder tried to do that. If they use the full Carmelo Anthony, Play, traded player exception because yep. if they if they use that full mellow traded player exception that's about t- that's roughly 10 million dollars in salary that they'd be adding and then a, almost 50 million in taxes wow yeah that's that's a great point so then it's like and that's the thing like him opting in it's expensive for this team because you look at mm-hmm. the uh the repeater tax and you calcul- I, I saw it calculated out. My, it probably very likely was John Hamm who tweeted this out. It could have been Mikey who went over it. But whoever did it, it was like for every, I don't know, they calculated it out and it was just crazy. Like I think it's every dollar over. They, I think every dollar we're over, we're spending $4.50 in taxes. That's what it was, yep. yep. I think it's 450% so, I mean, it's right now. Pricey. Yeah. But then I also heard like, or I forget who said this as well, but if you do trade Patterson off, um, to a team like that with cap space, he doesn't really get playing time. Or maybe there's a another playoff team who wants to try and take a gamble on him, but he falls out of the rotation again. Then after the season, he doesn't get a new deal. He fizzles out. He has to go either play across seas or he retires. And at least with the Thunder, I mean, he can stick around, get paid this season, uh, be in a good situation, stay in shape, and it's a little more optimistic than getting you know shipped across seas or whatever. Yeah. So so kind of back to that thought that I had that if they use the mellow trade exception, um, using the trade exception essentially means the Thunder are getting a player in a trade, but they don't have to send anything else out, right? So then if you could turn around and do the same thing with Patterson, if you can trade him away for to, to a team and take nothing back, then you've basically made a two-step process for one trade. Patterson for whoever you got with the mellow trade exception. Does that make sense? Right. And, yeah, and, and yeah. so that, that could offset trading Patterson out for nothing in return could really offset the the money taken in if they are able to use the mellow trade exception. Right. And so. I think that, that's a great point. And that's, it'll be interesting to see if Patterson and that exception go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, and for sure. So it's, there's so much stuff that can happen that, that, you know, it, it's almost impossible to begin speculating because things can go so many different ways. Um, all right. Well, before we get out of here, Taylor, we were talking pre-pod, and I, I think we're going to do this for the next few pods, maybe at least leading up to free agency, is this idea of Thunder Blockbuster trades. So at the end of every podcast, we're each person that is on the podcast, so today just, just us two, we're going to come up with a Blockbuster Thunder trade, okay? Not some little barely moves the needle thing. We're talking a trade that, that the whole league is is chatting about that's on the, the front page of ESPN.com type of blockbuster trade. We're just going to throw some dumb ideas out there and, and discuss them. We'll try to have new trades 
every time we podcast. Uh, so, so let's close out the pod with two that you and I came up with today. Uh, we, so, so the listeners at home know we have not discussed these. You, you came up with your trade on your own. I came up with my trade on my own. I have no clue what your trade is. You have no clue what my tra- <laughs> shit. They might be the same trade, dude. Like yeah, we, we, we both might be, be talking about the same thing here. Um, <laughs> Oh, so you traded a Russell Westbrook for LeBron James, also? No, I traded no, him to, to Phoenix for uh, for the draft pick and TJ oh, yeah, Warren. Book. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, I like it, <laughs> dude. That, that that's gotta die. Um, yeah, no kidding. So, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? It's up to you. Uh, really up to you. I got pulled up. I got mine pulled up too. Uh, okay. uh, screw it. You go first. <laughs> okay, sounds good. So this. This guy, there's been a little bit of talk about. Um, he is a all-star, or at least a former all-star, because he was a little injured this season. Um, him and Russ, but him and Russ have a history. Oh my god, dude! UCLA. You, oh, okay. Never mind. I thought you were going the same direction that my trade was, and I was gonna be like, "Damn it, Taylor! I don't think you have the same trade as me, though." Okay, <laughs> continue. Kevin Love. So the Thunder would trade out Stephen Adams and Patrick Patterson. In return, they get Kevin Love and C.D. Osmond. Ooh. Uh, according to Trade NBA, this gives the Thunder a plus one in projected wins and the Cavaliers two decrease in projected wins. Now, they are obviously assuming that Kevin Love is the Kevin Love of a couple seasons ago and that Kevin Love is able to play the majority of a regu- regular season, which there's a lot of question marks there. That's why I've been very hesitant on Kevin Love trades, but I thought this would be a fun one for this segment. So what are your thoughts? Yep. Uh, I like it. I think Cleveland says no uh, because of Chetty Osman being in it. I think um, I think if you were to make it somebody like uh, oh, Jordan Clarkson and his new neck tattoo, then I think they say yes. But since Chetty Osman's playing well and he's young, I think for the Thunder to pull that off, you either have to include Hamadou Diallo or this year's 21st pick. Uh, I think then Cleveland maybe starts to get a little more interested. Um, That's a good point. But uh, but no, it's fascinating. We've talked about a Kevin Love trade a lot. I don't know how much on the podcast, but definitely just just in talking on the Slack. We've talked about a Kevin Love trade a lot. And I think if you run a lineup of, of Russ, Ferg, PG, Grant, and K-Love, man, you have guys on that team that can pass, that can defend, shoot, that can defend, shoot, that rebound. can rebound. It's interesting. You've got it. Yeah. I mean, it's, if you get it's a right fascinating Kevin Love one. and a healthy Kevin Love, it's a playoff caliber or a uh, championship caliber team for sure. It's yeah, it's uh it's interesting. Now, some matchups Kevin Love will get absolutely abused at the 5. Uh abs like you have Love guarding Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, he's going to get get You worked. have Love guarding the Joker like So you got to throw on that's when you got to utilize Jeremy Grant a little more at the 5 and whatever yeah. the Thunder do with their backup center position this season. Exactly. Exactly. No, I, f- I find that one interesting though. All right, you ready for mine? I'm ready. Okay. I'm excited. Uh, so we're going to talk about... I'm trading the same guy away that you did, Steven Adams. Just makes sense. He, he's uh, the third highest salary on the team. You know, If, if you're right. doing a big trade, he's almost the guy you have to include. Has uh, a so, lot of potential. Teams are excited and optimistic about him. Yep. So sense. so this trade would be a, um, a draft night trade. Okay? I like him. Um, it's about a guy we've already talked about on the podcast. 
Uh, I am sending out Stephen Adams, Andre Robertson, uh, Andre Robertson primarily for the expiring factor of yep. his deal, and the Thunder's 21st pick. So technically the Thunder cannot trade their pick, but they can trade the rights to a player. Right. So they so, would draft a player for a team and then Exactly. Them the, the agreement would have to already be in place, and the Thunder would make the 21st selection for this team that, that they're trading with. In return for Andre Robertson, Steven Adams, and the 21st overall pick, the Thunder would receive Mike Conley and C.J. Miles. Whew. Man, I, I kind of really like that. That's extremely intriguing. C.J. Miles is a guy that me and you, all of us for that matter, um, are very high on and think he Presley's liked him in the past. We think that it's a guy that Presley could 100% target this offseason, whether he's with Conley or not. Yep. Adding Conley in there is extremely interesting. And I think that all hinges on, I mean, if that happens or if that were a uh, a phone call that Presley received and an offer that he received, Presley would have to bring in probably Paul and Russ, sit them down and say, okay, here's the deal. Now, Russ, are you willing to play off ball? Yeah. Um, and obviously Conley would do the same, but it was kind of like a, you, we mentioned this earlier in the podcast, the whole C.J. McCollum, uh, Dame Lillard backcourt Russ and Conley would have to kind of develop into that. I think they could absolutely do it. And if that plays out like it could, I mean, that's a deep, fun team. I mean, you can stagger Russ and Conley with the second unit. Um, I I don't know. I don't know who you get to play center, but you, Jeremy Grant, you you just go small. Yeah. You obviously, you always run. You're always running. I mean, you could, you could go like super small and, and run Conley, Russ, Berg, PG at the four, Grant at the five. It's incredible. You know? It's like the Warriors lineup of, of death. Or with, with Conley on roster, I mean, you could keep Ray Felton as kind of like your emergency third point guard, and you could go trade Schroeder for a big. That's a great point. You know? Because you don't yep. really need a – I mean, you can't have all three of those guys on the roster. There's no way. You know? So, exactly. so you go trade Schroeder – for a big, you know, and, and that's how you fill the hole. So that's intriguing. That's I don't know. super intriguing. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I think the Conley trade Memphis. Yeah. That's, that's, a, good, that's if, a good point. I mean, but if they want to go young and they Adam, like, Adams makes like, some yeah, sense, you pair Adams, Adams next to JJJ. Yeah. Um, you, you get the 21st pick and then you get some cap relief with Andre coming off the books in a year. And you um, have John Morant coming in. Exactly. So, I mean, that, it makes sense. I, I think the Conley that's not, trade that's that the that's made the most like sense that. to me so far that that has been floated out is uh, is Conley for Wiggins. Yeah, I, I just to me that makes a little bit of sense for both sides. So I don't. know. I agree. Be good opportunity for Andrew. Yep. All right. Any anything else before I I turn on some bumper music and we get out of here? Should we go through the couple Twitter questions really fast? Oh yeah, I'm an idiot. Let's talk about Twitter questions. You haven't pulled up. Uh. Very yes, kind of, almost uh, uncontested. Clicking on our Twitter account here. Just open up the tweet. Here we go. Do you We're have good. it pulled up? Uh, no. Yes, that's totally a no answer, Taylor. It's okay. <laughs> you know, just uh, buying myself some time. So our guy Thunderbeard at Sir uh, Sir Thunderbeard gave us two of them. His first was backup center ideas, and actually. He put two in one tweet, and then he also has another separate tweet. Nice. So his first tweet, he asked backup center ideas, and then he asked in the same tweet, 
who would you rather have, Kyle Lowry or Dennis Schroeder? He personally would take Dennis, but was talking about this with somebody at work. He wanted our opinion on it. So I guess first backup center ideas. This is an interesting one. Um, I'm still kind of on board with bringing Markeith Morris back and making him the backup four and five. So in, in that situation, um, you just you retain Keith and Noel just walks. Um, I think that's an an interesting possibility. I I don't know if that actually comes to fruition, um, but I, but I kind of like Keith for uh, he can kind of play the Jeremy Grant role of of two seasons ago whenever Carmelo Anthony was here. So that that's probably the route I would say. Um, what's your thought? Yeah, I mean I would love to see Nerland stay. That's my my number one pick, probably, but I really don't see that happening because he's going to want to get paid. So, oh, I know who I like. Um, I think he's a free agent. I need to look it up. Um, who's the that big for the Hawks? That started oh, to shoot um, Deadman. Who? Dwayne Deadman. Yeah, Deadman. I uh, I wouldn't mind Dwayne Deadman. I think he's um, he shoots threes now. He's a big man. Um, he definitely plays center. I just I think there's some there's something there. I agree. I, I, we, we even talked about him last year as a trade target for the Thunder, so that's something to be very interesting for sure. He shot 38% from three on three and a half attempts a game this season. That's crazy. That's really good. Yeah. Let's check out his, we'll take that. his salary Space real quick. A little bit. He's making, so he'll, he will be a free agent. He made $7.2 million with the Hawks this year. Wow. So uh, I, I don't know how much he gets on the open market, but... And then between Dennis and Lowry, I think I'm still going Lowry. Yeah, and always same. That's some recency bias because he's had a much better playoff into the last playoff series. Um, obviously, this one, the Raptors haven't been playing super hot. But um, I still would go with Lowry as a starting point guard just because he just he can pass the ball, see the floor so much better than Schroeder. And he's a lot better uh, of a defender. Right. Um, obviously, in a vacuum, I choose Lowry. If I'm pairing them with Russ, I maybe go Schroeder because it seems like uh, Schroeder is a little more willing to play off ball compared to compared to Lowry. Um, yep. A little bit less of an ego to, to feed. So uh, Dean at underscore Boomer6 asks, OKC rebranding our logo. Is this happening because is this happening because we have to change it? A circle logo is very popular and sure we are due. Um, so rebranding, I don't know when that will happen, but I my bet would be within the next five years. Um I'm kind of excited for it. You know, I think the Thunder are trying to get a little more bold and step a little bit outside of, uh, right. outside of their comfort zone the with these uniforms. city jerseys and stuff. Um, and, I, and I think they're trying to to play around some different colors and some different looks as far as can they can they start a rebrand at some point in time. And personally, I hope it happens because I think it would be cool. I do too. Everybody go to OKC Tracker, our guy Justin. He's come up with a lot of potential um, rebrands for the Thunder, and he has some cool ideas. So yep. check him out. And the last one we have here is a Neruda Akara. I cannot pronounce that, and I apologize, but thank you for sending in a question. Um, he asked Cameron Johnson or Tyler Hero, who's better? And that's oh, a tough one. I went on a Twitter rant yesterday, and a bunch of people don't About like Hero. me because of it. I don't like Ty- Tyler Hero at all. Um, the dude's 6'4 with a 6'3 wingspan. Like he's got T Rex arms. He uh he probably yeah. can't even reach down and tie his own shoes. Arms. That's awesome. Um, whereas Cameron Johnson is a lot bigger. Uh, he's not a 
superb athlete, but he's he's not bad. He can really stroke it. High IQ guy. Uh, if I have to choose between those two, I'm going Cameron Johnson 10 times out of 10. I like Cameron. I really like his potential. Uh, I don't know much. I didn't watch him a whole lot other than kind of what I've heard. Uh, I've seen these podcasts. Kevin O'Connor talked a little bit about him. Danny Chow on the Ringer podcast. I think he has a lot of potential and a lot of upside. But I think Cameron Johnson's he's a guy that I could see. We talked about the combine earlier this podcast. I could see him uh, showing out the combine and, and kind of rising on draft boards, yeah. depending on how he interviews. Tyler so. Hero reminds me of Luke Kennard, and I don't yes. want Luke Kennard yeah. like, at all. Like young Kyle Singler before he t- turned out really sucking. Yeah. <laughs> Just it's something about white guy wings. Um who have short arms that just that's get my blood flowing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Awesome. Any more Twitter questions? I think that's it. Okay. Awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's get this outro music going. Hey, thank you guys for checking this out. We really appreciate you again. You can follow us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested Taylor is at Taylor. That's with an E underscore P 15 myself. I'm at thunder mob four Oh five. Uh, I'm going to shamelessly plug myself again, Taylor. Don't hate me. Go check no, out my, my newest it. It was a great article. My newest article over Matisse Steibel and the possible Thunder promise. Uh, you can find that over at hoopshabit.com. I've also tweeted it out. Uh, so go check that out. If you guys would be so kind, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Um, literally, like it takes no time. Uh, you just click on the uncontested, and then you see the five stars and click where all five of them light up. And then that's all you got to do. It takes like 20 yep. seconds. And yep. it, we it's really appreciate it. Out. Yeah, it helps we us have out some a lot. Uh, exciting stuff potentially in the works. So yeah, we are. We're not just idly sitting by. We've, we've got some stuff that we're trying to work on. And the more, the more love you guys show us, the more we can show that people like us and that they should give us money to podcast. Um, and that would be awesome. So. Uh, With that, you guys take it easy. Enjoy the conference finals. Taylor, real quick, who's in the NBA finals? Golden State Warriors and Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. I'm the same. All right, so you guys take it easy. Have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy the series finale. I don't know what the hell I was about to say. Series finale of Thrones. And we will be back to you guys next week. Thunder up. Kill, kill. Thunder up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.